Welcome to the Political R&D Podcast. After you finish listening, we would really appreciate it if you gave us a rating on iTunes and Google Play to help other listeners find our show. We are taking Political R&D to the next level. Our programming will now include more frequent podcasts, including interviews that challenge and inform. We're also bringing new writers to cover the politics in everything. Please consider becoming a patron. Your support will help us improve, increase, and pay for the content you enjoy. You can find us on Patreon at PoliticalRND or link through our website at politicalrnd.ca. Now, let's get political. Welcome back to Political R&D. I'm Deirdre Mitchell-McLean. And I'm Mark Taylor. And Mark, we've got a fun episode today. Sure, let's call it that. <laughs> it's not Pre- an angry podcast. It's it not is. an angry podcast, and it had so much information. <laughs> yes, not really. <laughs> yeah, it, yeah, in the end it didn't. There were a lot of links. Uh, reopening the economy. Yes, or as we say... More money, more problems. Yes. What what province did you start with? Did um, you just go in my list? <laughs> I, I I started with Alberta, and then I started chasing squirrels. So um, <laughs> <laughs> I have a lot of notes for not Canada. Oh. <laughs> okay. So so I thought that was good context because you can talk all Canada stuff, and I can talk not. And oh, okay. So you expected that I did all of the research. <laughs> well, <laughs> because you were assuming I covered all the stuff you had in there. <laughs> Lovely. So I did start with Quebec first because obviously they have had the most, uh, they've had the most cases. They've had the most hospitalizations. They've had the most deaths in the country. So yes. I was really curious because they are reopening the economy as of Monday. Yeah. And... It, it struck me when I heard that because somebody had thrown out the stat the other day that uh, a couple of days ago they had more deaths in one day than we'd had in Alberta total. Yeah. So yeah. Not, not screaming that they're ready to open. Now, from what I've heard, and you've done the research so you can obviously correct me on this, um, it's been primarily Montreal, not the entire province. So mm-hmm. I've been hearing things like schools are opening in everywhere but Montreal. Right. So, so um, that that is the epicenter for the entire province, uh, notwithstanding a couple of communities outside of Montreal. And essentially, I think, you know, same the same way that that the feds have mostly done things to, which was we're going to give these these options and you figure out provincially whether or not it works for you and right. you figure out municipally if that works for you. So K to 12 schools are opening outside of Montreal, uh, all construction, manufacturing and retail stores outside of Montreal. They had a very long list of essential services, which as I found, as I went through all of the provinces that I looked at, they were basically very, very similar. I will note there were a couple of things out of Quebec. So one, an essential service in Quebec was landscaping, including pool cleaning, 
and landscape maintenance. <laughs> and I was like, really? <laughs> I mean, I get landscape maintenance in terms of the municipality, but the whole pool cleaning, it sounded more like it was for wealthy people who really want to get your yard going, you can. So that's the Canadian version of I need to get my hair done? I think so. <laughs> yes, and there, there, was, there was one other cute thing. Uh, sugar shacks. I don't think oh, we have those in no, many I, other I, places. I, well, of course not. <laughs> uh, they, are still, they are still closed. Uh, and I will quote directly from the government website. We invite you to avoid activities associated with pouring maple syrup on snow. Yeah, I really don't know. <laughs> I, I'm not sure. I, I, I haven't, you know, I'm not an epidemiologist, but I'm pretty sure nobody in the world has stated putting warm syrup on cold snow is the leading cause of anything other than baby yeah. diabetes. There you go. Yeah, so did you want to tell me about a place that you looked at before we move on to other problems? Well, uh, it's not so much. I think, I think you kind of summed it up best earlier is that everyone's kind of the same with some slight variances. Mm -hmm. and, and even, and I think what's happening, at least like I, like I said, I looked at some of the more uh, international ones. I looked at Germany's, um, Germany, South Korea, New Zealand, because I mean, we all look to them and going, holy shit, they had their shit together. Mm -hmm. why, why can't we be more like blah? But well, we always go <laughs> looking for the, this specific thing. Like I'm surprised more people aren't going, South Korea's got baseball open. Why can't we have professional sports? Oh, they're starting. And, and, and they have. And, but yes. it was interesting because the article that talked about baseball in South Korea is that they have um, posters of fans throughout the stadium. So the stadiums look full, but it's the same people in chunks of seats. And so your open seats are very far apart from each other. And they said, it's actually quiet enough that you can hear the calls from the dugout. Oh, wow. So, I mean, <laughs> if you've ever been to a major league baseball game, there's I wouldn't, no. 40, so I've been to a couple. Um, <laughs> there's generally like, if you go when it's a busier time, there's 40 some thousand people in a stadium, great breeding grounds for COVID. Yes. But if you spread it out, to the point where you can hear the call. I didn't even know they were making calls. I don't follow baseball close <laughs> enough. I didn't understand, didn't realize you were making calls from the dugout. I know it was a bunch of hand signals, but not, oh. not to the point where somebody's actually yelling and somebody else can hear it. So, wow. <laughs> so I can, with that, I can see it's, you know, why aren't more people calling for the CFL to open up or, and I know down in the States, you're seeing some of the, like the NBAs and stuff like that are, I'm actually surprised we haven't heard more screaming about, oh, it's a CFL, it's uniquely Canadian, we should be okay. Except most of our players are from the States, so not really. Ah, that's true. Though, though it dawned on me, if the CFL really wanted to have some fun this year. <laughs> be all Canadian? All Canadian league. <laughs> like, like, there are kids who play university ball, primarily in Canada, who just given a year to say I played, I, it might've been the pandemic year, but I played in the CFL. Ooh, I like it. That seems so patriotic too. Yeah. But <laughs> we'll, we'll leave that to the brain trust of the, the of the league to, uh, but 
I, if, if you really want to, because I mean, at the end of the day, travel, travel restrictions are going to be lifted to some degree in Canada to Canadians. True. So we might not be overly keen on Americans coming up here, but you could put a team of 52 Canadians together. One would Not think. have a bunch of people in the stadium and then go have a game. I agree. So yeah. if I was the CFL right now, that's how I would be putting this league back together. But <laughs> not what we, we picked up on. It was just shit that but pops no, Mark's but head that's, when he does research. <laughs> well, and that's, but that was kind of the important part, right, is, is while I was reading this. Um, so the places that you've been, grocery stores or whatever, I noticed one lady that works at my local Walmart, and she is you know, she's just that, that fantastic multitasker who is, you know, finishes up with one customer and she's wiping down her, her belt. POS <laughs> the, oh, no, the, the belt. belt. Right. Okay. She's wiping that down. She's got the, the terminal all wiped down and I'm like, yep. And she's the one that I always go to. But, you know, I went to Subway a month ago and uh, they, the, the woman who gave me my stuff wasn't even wearing gloves. And I was like, okay, ew, like not right now. <laughs> you know, so it's, it's little things like that too. I'm going to go back to Walmart. I'm staying away from Subway for a little bit yet because what the hell? I was, I was at Costco yesterday um, and I'm following the rules. Last time I've been to Costco was probably three weeks ago, two, three weeks ago. One of the reasons I held off is that I heard, you needed masks and I had some on mail order and I was waiting for them to arrive. So my brand new mask and I went down to Costco yesterday, quick, easy lineup, not telling you which one. Cause I know the, uh, <laughs> there's one that's got pictures of really long lineups. I wasn't at that one, but walked in with my new mask on and I'm maybe one of 20% oh. of, of the people in there. And which was funny because I, Somebody had circulated a contact one had said that U.S. ones were mask enforcement. Adamant, yeah. And then I'd seen that Canada was doing the same thing, and I'm like, okay, well, that's good. And you know, you know, trust the internet for truth. And uh, <laughs> and so, because <laughs> this isn't something they would lie on. Um, <laughs> but so I show up, and a majority of people aren't wearing masks. Like they're doing a great job of keeping the number of people. Of in the store to a minimum, they've yeah. got people through the facility. Like you don't have too many people in the produce or in the milk section. Great. You're doing that. I really wish it would put lines on the floor because people still don't seem to understand what six feet is. Even if there are lines on the floor though. <laughs> Baby steps. But, but, it, but I'm still seeing that um, people aren't grasping this as as a thing. And so I'm, I'm worried when we ease up a little for the economy, and it'll be worse. Those people will go out and flourish <laughs> badly. But this, this is the problem is that, um, you know, they, I'm trying to remember the one article I was looking at, but um, I don't still don't think people are taking it seriously enough. I watched somebody yesterday, mask on, well, one at Costco had mask on, but it was under his chin. And I saw another lady with it under her nose. Mm. So it's much like the lady in Kentucky who cut a hole in the middle um, so because she was having a hard time breathing. It's like, that's the point of the mask. <laughs> so, so, I mean, and, and 
I get why we need to open things up somewhat. One, we don't need people going stir crazy. Two, we do need to have some mechanisms of the economy rolling. Mm -hmm. But we really seem to be wanting to initiate the second wave a little faster than it needs to be. Yeah. Ontario, only today, actually, they just announced that on Thursday they would also begin to reopen the economy this Thursday, so that's May 14th. Uh, Low-risk workplaces, seasonal businesses, non-emergent medical procedures allow some small gatherings. Uh, Ontario's also had, again, high numbers, right? The, the ones that, are, that really seem to be moving quickly are BC, Saskatchewan, and, uh, and Alberta. And I think they're moving even more quickly than the Atlantic provinces, where there were much, much less cases than what we've had here. Well, I guess it comes down to the question, like BC numbers are, are down quite dramatically. Saskatchewan's were never really up, with the exception of Lloyd Minster. Um, right. <laughs> which, well, that's a good time to blame Alberta. But uh, if you're <laughs> in Saskatchewan, <laughs> that's their fault. Outside of that, that break in um, Laloche, I think was the other one, and uh, Lloyd Minster, this wasn't a situation where like Saskatoon and Regina had big outbreaks, not like Alberta with Calgary. Right. So yeah. um, now the other thing that I kind of had, you know, and I've been listening to economists talk about this is the government can go and open whatever the hell it wants. It doesn't mean anybody's going to go out and buy. That's true. Because and at the end of the day, just because you tell me that I can go get dental work done doesn't mean I'm going to go and dial up the dentist right away. Right. Except those of us that might have to. Yes. That's, <laughs> well, the, but the emergency services for dentists were always there. I know. I still don't want to do it. That's, they, yeah. right? They're really close. Yeah. They're really close. Uh, exactly. and, and it's funny because when, when Alberta started announcing that we were reopening our uh, restrictions or easing on some of our restrictions. They announced it on April 30th, but it was much to the surprise of a lot of the people that were getting to open. Like, like the dentists and dentists, golf course, hair. chiropractors, yeah. hair, like everyone was <laughs> like, shit, shit, we're on phase one. What does that mean? Like <laughs> they didn't, there was no discussion. Now, you know, with the hairdressers, there's no professional college for the hairdressers there. I don't think there's even a professional association for the golf courses, which were like, literally it's like, hi, this is the 30th. You can go, uh, you know, Thursday, you can go golfing on Saturday. Mm -hmm. um, most of the golf courses would not have known. And I don't know if they could gear up in 48 hours. Now I know a couple of them tried and I'll admit uh, the golf courses were open on the Saturday. I may have been on one on Tuesday, but <laughs> um, they, you know, at least Tuesday I gave them another 48 hours and the golf course I was at fantastic spraying everything down. Staff weren't wearing gloves or masks, but they sprayed everything down. So, you know, that much better. Um, yeah. But the, they didn't give anybody notice. And you can see it. Like I was looking at the dentists, um, the, their press releases. Mm -hmm. It was like, and the government at four o'clock today announced that we can do non-emergency services. We'll let you know by the fourth what that will entail. Right. <laughs> but in, <laughs> there should have been the government let it out. And here's our stuff because we've been talking to the government for a week now that yes. we were going to be in phase one, but they didn't talk to them. And, 
And I'm hearing, uh, you know, anecdotally from my chiropractor was that um, they kind of got a heads up of like, you know, with everybody else. And then they had to go and get PPE, except now we had to go to the gray market, as I've seen from the dentist <laughs> is what it's called. But you can't officially get it from AHS. It's other sources. And, and they're paying way more like, than what they would have been paying a couple of months ago. Yeah, I so saw. How, how does the government balance that? I saw a post, apparently 3M has put out a list of what their prices are, telling people like you should not be paying more for these masks than this much. Right. So that was, I mean, that was really good of them to do. So the first thing that I read, and again, this seemed to be similar with all of the provinces, just a list of what businesses could expect uh, new procedures that they had to keep up for sanitation and clothing furniture and bookstores are scheduled to open in Alberta May 14th right books and people touching things furniture stores I'm not sure like if the excess sanitation procedures how do you know how do they keep track of people going by and touching things, touching the uh, everything, just everything. Yeah, That's right. well, but especially in a place like a furniture store, right? You well, and, touch and things. This again, this gets down to you know why are we why are we deeming these the first wave? You know what was it about bookstores? Like, because I mean, at the end of the day, you can order books online. So why why do the bookstores need to be opened? They probably don't, but you know, is it an opportunity to go to your Starbucks, connected to your chapters, grab a coffee and peruse? We still don't really want people perusing bookstores anyway, regardless if you're touching stuff or not. Like, and, and this is Loitering. kind of one of those, yeah. Like this is one <laughs> of those things that I picked up from Germany that I've yet to see anywhere else. Not to say that nobody else is doing it or they don't exist, but they haven't been transparently public with it. But Germany has now created a, a traffic light system, basically for if we see our R not number go up to a certain level, or our uh, number of cases per thousand go to a certain level, or our um, number of um, intensive care units increase to a certain level, if two of those three are triggered, we start backing off the so. Again, this is one of those things where, you know, people are looking and going, okay, Germany's doing a great job, but uh, Germany's also the only one I've heard has actually been upfront and said, if this happens, back into the houses. Yeah. And, and I, I would really like, for me, I would like to see a Jason Kenney or a Justin Trudeau or a Scott Moe come out and say, look, we're, we're okay, but... Unless this. Yeah. You know, like we talk about there's no... There's no tentative date for phase two for Alberta, mm -hmm. which will cause people angst eventually. They'll be happy with phase one for a little while, but for the same reason we were waiting for phase one to kick in, people are going to be looking at the phase two list and going, when do I get to do this? And then they're going to look at some jurisdiction and go, oh, well, South Korea is playing baseball, so why can't we do this? And it's really got to come down to we need to have people looking at the numbers every day. We need people taking personal action of wearing their masks to the Costco or to the Walmart or the subway. And then, you know, 
everybody is understanding. So if Dr. Dina stands up and goes, hey, we've triggered two of our, our traffic lights, people know what that means. Yeah. As opposed to it's all of a sudden Jason Kenny stands up and goes, hey, uh, everyone back to the houses for the next 28 days. Because mm -hmm. that won't go over well. Because people won't understand why. That's true. And I think they've been, so again, with all of the phases, I think every province is doing a phased-in approach where they basically say, you know, here's what you can expect out of phase two and phase three. They're, all of the dates are to be determined, but you're right. We don't have any hard and fast numbers where people can keep track of it on their own, right? If we, if we had something that said, if we start seeing cases you know, start to double every three days. Um, like, obviously, I'm going to assume that's a that's a bit of a trigger. But again, are they letting everyone know? Right. Is that information getting out to people that that I can just keep track of that on my own, and I don't have to keep tuning into whatever news conferences there are because I know what I'm looking for. I think that would be a fantastic comm strategy, as opposed to, you know writing on your Twitter handle, not a doctor. <laughs> That's so but, cute. But the, the, the other couple of interesting things that I've seen and heard through other podcasts I'm listening to <laughs> is that today there was an article about how Scott Moe is kind of starting to get a little grumpy because he's the chair of the provincial whatever. Mm. Um, because they, they didn't like the way the government handled something. Heaven forbid the conservative didn't like how a liberal handled something. <laughs> um, but they were wanting more money put into infrastructure projects because those will be things to help restart the economy. And, and I was listening to, I'm going to say it's the West of, um, West of center. center. Yeah. Podcast. Um, they had their economists on and they were talking about how in most recessions, it's generally guys that are out of work. And so you invest in infrastructure projects because they're a little more labor intensive, which is generally where more men are hired and you put men back to work in those particular situations. Mm -hmm. This recession isn't men, men focused, it's women focused. Yes. And so creating a bunch of infrastructure projects will not put that chunk of the population back to work. It That's will true. not have the effect that we're looking for. Mm -hmm. and, and, and I'm surprised that we have a premier who's running around, who's not listening to any economists because it's not like I have an economist on my payroll. <laughs> so I know he's got access to them. Mm -hmm. <laughs> what are the economists in Saskatchewan not telling Scotty here? Like he, he's got to know these things. And, and I mean, I, and I know really where it came down to, they said this, like, if you want to really engage this, you need to be looking at daycares. Yeah. If we don't get them open, Daycare we can't school. get women back to work. Yeah. Like we might actually be in one of those strange places again, where Alberta and Saskatchewan were in a certain situation before this all happened. And the priority of this government is still going to be men. So, well, well, I think that's only because, um, and again, what um, Trevor Toomey was saying is that we're still waiting, but the early projections for 2019 is that Alberta was already into or heading into a recession before mm -hmm. this all occurred. Oil prices. Okay, so now you're back into male-focused industries. Maybe infrastructure projects in Alberta with a little bit in Saskatchewan would make an impact, but this isn't, this isn't a national strategy. 
I guess that's what's causing the ire lately is that the federal government also in that same article, I believe, they stated that if they saw provinces moving too quickly, they might step in. Again, well, this, this comes down to understanding the roles and responsibility of the Canadian government versus the provincial government and understanding that we're not the United States. There is, there is no Amendment 10 of the you know, Canadian Constitution because it doesn't, we don't have one. But at the mm-hmm. end of the day, Jason Kenney needs to look out for Alberta. Dr. Dina needs to look out for Alberta. But on that same extent, Justin Trudeau's got to look after the entire country and if one is acting out of step with the other 12 provinces, then they have to step in because that's his job as prime minister. Yes. And he is Dr. Teresa Tam telling him those things. And Yes, and, there is a, there's and a hierarchy. Yeah. Well, I mean, it would be no different that if, if Naive Nenshi said, screw you, Jason Kenney, everything in Calgary is open. I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> you know how fast Jason Kenny would be back in Calgary? <laughs> That's to shut right. that down. But but heaven forbid the 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 uh, the federal government do that to the provincial government. Well, you know, only certain federal governments. Right. Yeah. Um so did you find anything else that was particularly interesting? I know I saw a tweet uh governor and I didn't even check to see which governor. It was one of those morning ones where I was reading it and I thought he said that he was going to put his foot down against any country that wasn't going to follow the rules. And I was like, you don't have that power. It said counties anyway. So, but I just kind of sort of bypassed it. You know, did you find anything interesting in those other, any of the other countries that you looked at that might be applicable here? The one, the one thing I did note is uh, Georgia was pretty much the first state in the U S that went full bore. We're, we're open for business. Oh, and and they're they hadn't flattened their curve yet. They 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 were still like I don't think their peak isn't until like the end of this month. They were a little little early out of the gate. Um, and it sounds like generally people are not happy with the governor down there because polling that came out today showed that he had a thirty nine percent approval rating. Hmm. So so in Georgia, you think heavily Republican, heavily in favor of the Republican governor. Not the case, especially when you compare it to New York's governor, uh, Andrew Cuomo, who's uh, currently at 81% approval, and his state got shit kicked. Oh, exactly. So there seems to be an underlying thread um, of measuring partisanship versus competency. Yeah. And so I think we're going to see more and more of that out of the states, especially as things progress, because they... um, I mean, it's going to be a, a major theme of the presidential race, of competency versus partisanship. So that's, that's one of the interesting things I saw was that, you know, Georgia tried to be ahead of the game. And uh, one, of, one of the challenges with that is um, they weren't following the science. And I guess also, you know, as a side note for the insider ball, I guess Kemp was a rah-rah Trump guy and then Trump threw him under the bus because that's what Trump does. Um, but uh, so, yeah, it's not, it's not tuning out well, but you're going to see some nasty numbers come out of uh, the States. I don't think, you know, I don't think we'll ever talk second wave, wave for the States because it won't be done with the first one by the time the fall hits. Right. But the other, the other interesting thing I found was New Zealand. Cause we love to talk about how great New Zealand is. And uh, 
uh, it was interesting that they just recently went into what they call their level three. So they tiered at one, two, three, four, four was like, everybody stay at home. Don't mm. let us catch you outside. Um, and they, they went hard draconian level four for like a month or six weeks or something like that. And so they had hardly any cases and deaths and everyone's heralding. And, and what I'm finding now is they're just moving into level three. Their level three looks like what we had for, you know, the isolation phase. Like Locked in. <laughs> they're now allowing weddings and funerals up to 10 people. Oh, okay. We're, we're currently at 15. We haven't got to phase one yet, and we were allowing 15 people at funeral. And, and yeah. they're just allowing up to 10. Um, restaurants are now just allowing to be uh, open for con contactless ordering and delivery. Oh. <laughs> you, you could take takeout all the time. So it was just... It was okay. a very different way of doing things. They are now just opening businesses that don't have customer facing. So like manufacturing, construction, stuff right. like that. Those things are now just opening. We never shut them down. No, not in Alberta. Yep. Well, I, I think you're, you're, what you're seeing is that Canada many years ago switched from a manufacturing-based economy to a service-based economy. Right. And so... That's where we saw a large, large number of layoffs is that because you have those service-based jobs, now no one's being served because everybody's staying at home. Mm -hmm. And I mean, some of those, you know, like you're, you're I'm seeing reports that the airlines are, aren't even looking that they're going to be at 50% capacity uh, by the end of the calendar year. It's true. So, but they have been still running. Some of them have still been running. Much more reduced because no one's, no one's flying, you know, no one's taking a WestJet flight from Calgary to, to Houston. That's true. So, like, they, they may be flying, but uh, on the reduced capacity and probably mm -hmm. more on cargo than anything else. Yes. Because they're recommending that people don't travel, you know, yeah. tra like the domestic travel when necessary, not when, when you feel like it. <laughs> well, yes. And <clears throat> I did notice as well that uh, international travel will still not be recommended even once we reach stage three. Phase three. Yeah, I <laughs> recommend it or not. Sorry. <laughs> I I'm not leaving I'm not leaving this province, let alone this country, for at least 18 months. Until somebody can put something in my arm and says, You're okay. I ain't yeah. That's my but again, that's my risk tolerance. And it's not like I've got seniors living with me. So here's another interesting one I found as I'm going through my notes. Mm. And, and the parallels to Alberta. Well, some people will find quite close and others won't. Um, so Alberta rolled out the, um, their app, the, da, 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 the Don't Get So Close to Me app, whatever that's called. Alberta Trace Together, that's it. I have it. Um, but there's a big pushback in Alberta right now. Above, like We need to have like 60% of the population using it. Oh, okay. For it to be effective, much like you know um, vaccines, right? Um, you need to have a large number, enough of a number, so that it it's useful. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't sound like we're anywhere near that number. Now, there's two problems in Alberta. One, they didn't use the technology that was pretty much created by Google and Apple. What did they use? I don't know. What. No. <laughs> Everybody's complained about how it's, it's a data and battery sucker, especially on Apple, because you have to have it open and you, yes. have, you can't lock your screen. It doesn't run in the background. I'm sure Apple has figured this out being Apple. 
Yes. Um, and they work in conjunction with Google. So that should cover probably 95% of the phones on the planet. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and, and instead of doing that, the government decided to spend $600,000 creating their own app. Because why our would fisc you? Our fiscally conservative, ostentatious <laughs> government. And it sounds like a lot of that money went into a consulting company. But I digress. Um, mm -hmm. So we have an app that doesn't work very well. And most people won't use it for a couple of reasons. One, it probably hasn't got out there enough on the marketing. Two, and there's a small chunk of people who don't trust this government as far as they could throw. <laughs> because, that is. Because we now have two charges against the health minister, two investigations, sorry, not charges, two investigations. No charges have been laid. He's still innocent until proven guilty um, of using private information in the health industry for not the purposes intended. Yes. So, so <laughs> when no one, no one went, wants to give him yeah, their so, location. <laughs> yeah. It's like, Oh good. Chandra knows where my driveway is now and knows I'm home. <laughs> um, it's, that's a problem. Now the, the, the parallel story I've got with that is that Germany is also trying to roll out a similar app. Now, Germany's got two problems that, with their app as well. One, they've got some of the strongest privacy laws in Europe. Oh. And Europe's got some privacy laws that blow North America's out of the water. <laughs> so they're having some challenges because of the simple tracking of that data, blah, 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 like who gets, like how is all that stored? That's a concern. So they're having a challenge getting that passed and around because you don't want to go around it because then they get really grumpy. The other problem that Germany has, has nothing to do with the app. It has everything to do with history. This, this is a group of people oh. who under Nazis and Soviet rules were surveilled regularly. Yeah. They're not big fans of government surveillance anymore. So, mm. so I, I'm sure, uh, Oh I'm my sure God. Is that why, that. is that why Angela Merkel was compared to Hitler? For the app? Probably. probably. But, but, but I'm, sure, I'm sure somebody in Alberta is going to pull Godin's Law here and, and, and do the comparison of, yes. of Chandro. But uh, <laughs> that's why I said similar, not really. But it's, it's interesting is that, you know, here we get this opportunity for using technology for good. The technology is out there. But because big data has not been scrupulous... <laughs> there, there's all these anti -pri or privacy laws that are banning them from doing good things with the data because they were already doing bad things. Right. And then you compound that with historical evidence of what happens when government surveils its population. The rise of don't trust people who are taking your data. It's been going on for years and now it's put us into this situation where we have something that might be able to help and no one trusts it. Yep. So yay people. Yeah. That's still one of my favorite means of all times. It was like 1950s and the ladies leaning into the phone going, shh, don't say anything. I think the government's listening. <laughs> right. And then, and then it's like 2020. It's like, Hey government, what's a, what, you know, talking to the a little Alexa or whatever on the uh, counter. It's like, Hey government, what's a recipe for pancakes? Right. <laughs> We've gone from the government might be listening to, we know they're listening. We just don't care. So yes. 
well, you know, except for those times when you might, like yeah. with location. Yeah. And, and I even, I even ch I challenged this myself because my initial instinct when I saw this come out is no way in hell I'm telling the government anything about me, not same. this government. Yeah, same. And then I realized it's like, no, I got to look beyond my This my is a safety system. feature. Yeah. I would hope that nobody in the Alberta government is, is looking up my uh, IP for my phone. And <laughs> Just fingers crossed. Yeah. <laughs> and at this point, really, if they are, send Nixon, because <laughs> he's the only one that's bigger than I am. So... <laughs> That you just, like you, just refu you refuse to end this on a good note, Mark. <laughs> I was smiling the whole time. Yeah, yeah I got nothing. We okay, have to well, end on a crappy well, note. Well, on the, uh, well, let's put it on a good note. You can be rest assured, this is my good note ending, is that the Saskatchewan Rough Riders sold out their first wave of masks. While we're waiting for provincial leaders and federal leaders, Saskatchewan Rough Rider fans have bought out the Rider store. There's a second order going in because writer fans are awesome that way. All right. I'll, I'll, I'll work with that. Okay. Thanks, Mark. Thanks, Adri. <laughs> Thank you for joining us for another episode of Political R&D. Don't forget to give us a rating on iTunes and Google Play, and please consider subscribing on Patreon for early access to episodes and more at Political R&D.